Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I am Jacob, and with me are... I'm Nick. I'm Kat. And I'm James. And this week it is my turn again. And this topic was actually picked by one of our listeners after our recording last week. Um, so, as you've guessed from the episode title, it is Seven Samurai from 1954. Now, before I go into anything else about this movie, because I have a bit of notes and stuff, I want to ask everyone, James, did you finish watching it? Yes, I did. I... Uh I had the good idea to watch it like the day after we finished recording the last one, and I'm very glad I didn't have to sit through it all last night because I had to split it up over two days. Very smart, Nick. (laughs) Yes. Did you finish watching it? I did finish watching it. That's very good, Cat. Did you finish watching it? (laughs) No, I didn't finish watching it. I got maybe I got like a fair way past intermission. And then the burning house happened and then I just, like, I was like, I'm not going to finish this. I'm not really entirely (laughs) sure what's actually happening. So, (laughs) yeah. I'm proud of myself. I think I started the latest. Yeah, you were... like 9.30. I think you were about an hour and a bit behind me. Yeah, because I had to download it first. Yeah, yeah, because I I just sent it to you. (laughs) So, were you finishing this at, like, 1am, Nick? Uh, Yeah, around 12... 12, 12, 30. Oh, well I done. Solid I think effort. I finished it. I think it was about 10 to 11 yeah. when my like when I finished. And I was just like, oh, thank God that's done. Yeah. But <laughs> in saying that. In saying that, it's not the worst. No. It's not the biggest slog. It's not because it's bad. It's just very long. Yeah, it's yeah. long, but it, like, I was glad when it finished, but it is a good movie. Mm. It's not a chore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have, yeah. So we'll, Speak we'll, for we'll yourself. Just, we will just jump straight into it so it was directed and edited and written by akira kurosawa triple threat um he was regarded at the time as one of the world's best editors because instead of filming the entire movie and then editing it afterwards he was editing every night the movie was filming so he was they were filming during the day and then he would go and edit it. And he'd film the next lot, go and edit Like, he was just doing it the whole way through. And this is just an inconceivable amount of work that was done in the production of this film. Because it is a three and a half hour long movie. And what I'll come to later about that is there's a lot of things that could be removed. And there are versions where it was. Um, so it has essentially an all-star cast for 1950s um, Japan. I was going to say, this is this is one of the only movies where I know I'm not going to get, like, say, the actors' names instead of the characters. Yeah. Because it's 1950s Japanese actors. Yeah. But, like, a lot of these actors in it worked with um, Kurosawa a lot. So some of them worked... I think he made around 30-odd films... Some of them were in fifteen to twenty of those films. Like they, it was kind of like they collaborated together a lot. That he oh, had really? kind of this group of actors that whatever movie he made, you're like, yep, you, 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 you and you, you're in this one, and he just, you know, he used them pretty much for everything in this time period. Literally, it, like Tarantino or Wes Anderson. Yeah, it's like he, had, like you know, those directors that work with the same people all the time. It was the same here that. He had his, essentially you could say his friends that were in all of his movies. Um, so I do have the cast list and I am going to post it, I think, in the description because a lot of the pronunciations I know I will get wrong if I do it. And <laughs> yeah, so like it, it is an all-star cast for like Japan and some of these actors are highly celebrated in Japanese movie history and some of them there's some really good performances in this and there's one performance that I hated so one of like is it the chick no the one of the main guys and in this we have our um where are we we have our it's called Seven Samurai but there's Seven. Technically, there's only five samurai, isn't there? No, there's 
six and one, but it's not. So at the towards the end, when there is a funeral for one that is killed, there is a flag that is raised, and that flag has six circles, a triangle, and then a hiragana, which is a, like the symbol. So mm-hmm. the six sam- the six circles represent the six samurai. The triangle represents the seventh that is not a sam- well, is trained but is not a samurai by a title or birthright. And then there is the um, hiragana, which is the Japanese symbol for field, which represents the farmers. So it represents like, everyone in that village defending themselves. So it's kind of like yeah, that, and that one. And he is a like the actor that plays that. There's nothing against him. He is a celebrated Japanese actor. Um, Toshiro Milfun, I think is how you say it. I'm not. I've butchered no, that, but <laughs> he's <laughs> highly celebrated in um, Japanese movie history. But his character in this is just completely insane and drives me insane for the whole thing. Yeah, I th- yeah. I, I'm glad that was the same one I was thinking yeah. of. Is it Kikuchio, the yeah. character? And he bounces around yeah, and he's, he's got that really manic laugh and he's just... He's very annoying. Crazy. And I was like, please, please stop. Please. That was probably hilarious at the time. Yeah. Though. Oh, yeah. But like now, yeah, it was just... It was painful. And then like... Because him contrasted to every other character in this is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is like so um, stoic and... Yeah. The reason I say said five was I wasn't sure if the apprentice one, um, Katsushiro, was counted as a samurai, but I suppose if, if it's by birthright, then yeah, he, I think, yeah, he would he be. Yeah, I think, yeah, he is. Okay. So, in 1954 in Japan, the average movie that was being produced at the time cost around 70000 to make. This had a budget of 500000 Holy doly. So, this was this Expensive huge... Boy production and the the um, studio wanted to do it in like at the studio on sets but um, Kurosawa was like no we're building locations We so they built the entire village they built all these things outside to film it because he's like this is a grand scale film and he wanted to make it on a grand scale not on sound stages in the studio because he said it wouldn't have the same feel if they were restricted by what they could show on camera if they were on a soundstage. He wanted to have the big opening, like the big openness of the village and have mm. it feel open, like a real world. It looks and really, it's very yeah, it looks really authentic and yeah. very, very well done. You get a feel for like the space of the village, I think. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they, they wanted to create this authentic uh, village from, what is it? What year is it? What year is it? What year is it? 1564 or something, I think the years it's set. 1586. 86. There we go. Um, so, Akira Kurosawa and Hideo Ugani, who were two of the writers on this film, spent six weeks locked in a hotel when they were writing it. They wanted no distractions, nothing. They, was, they were not contactable. They spent six weeks in this hotel writing the film. And... Before they even started the script, so before they did any dialogue or anything like that, they had a notebook that was filled with detailed descriptions of the seven main characters. These descriptions included height, age, emotional dispositions, and how they would react in battle. So they had full character profiles and motivations for these characters. My phone is on loud. Um, Before they even started like before they began script work because they wanted to completely under- like develop characters and how they would interact with each other before writing any dialogue they wanted to understand exactly how these people would behave mm. um, so a lot of work went into writing it and developing these people this movie is kind of in like just in like cinema history in the world is one of the most um, influential, remade, and reworked, and re- referenced films in cinema history. So, um, notable things like the Magnific- Magnificent Seven from 1960 is a remake, well, remade ab- adaptation with it to set cha- the setting changed to the Old West. So, it's essentially a remake of this film, and it. In watching this, having seen the magnificent, magnificent seven, and then watching this, they are very plot-wise, yeah. very similar. Mm. 
you know, you've got someone, there's a town that needs defending and they, seven people come together to defend the town, you know? Was it, is this like the original, like, you know, build this, this awesome team yeah. to, to... Yeah. So this is credited so really with the lot, whole... I mean, there's a lot of modern things you could say are based on like the, the genre at least. Yeah, it, it, this is credited with the assembling the team like kind of thing. Like it takes an hour almost like over an hour of movie runtime for them for the plot like for the bandits to be introduced to seven. and to come in and for everyone to come together and to reach the town is over an hour into the film by the time the yeah. samurai, samurai, seven samurai are assembled and arrive at their location and it is credited with kind of starting off that whole assembling the team in a movie and so many things from then onwards and um, like it one of the main samurai in this shaves his head to look like a monk in order to save a little girl. And he's the one that then kind of goes through and assemble, like picks the samurai with the um, farmers to assemble like the team together. And of all people, Zack Snyder said he used that particular character as a reference of someone doing this to base Ben Affleck's Batman off in the Justice League of how he goes about building the team mm. and how he goes to each one of them individually and sort of like, that's the one we need. And it's like he said, that was an inspiration of how that character would behave in assembling a team. And I was like, okay, interesting, cool. Okay. And like, it's also credited that... Um, out in 2021. Yeah, but filmmakers such as George Lucas and Quentin Tarantino have both said that they were extremely inspired by this film to make their movies and George Lucas took the inspiration of this when he created Star Wars that the Jedi are based on the samurai and that was his whole kind of drawing inspiration from this exact movie when he was writing Star Wars in that you know these warriors that are peaceful but protect those that can't protect themselves and that's like a really interesting like this film has just and like this film in inspiring George Lucas to create Star Wars, then inspires so many more people and brings that whole sci-fi sort of fantasy epic blockbuster that then has been, you know, we've got so many more since, but without, you know, without this, there's no Star Wars, without no Star Wars, there's so much that we never get. So it kind Mm -hmm. of sets this, it sets all these other, like, modern, well, I say modern, but, like, filmmakers, like, in the West to go about their, like how they make things and how they're inspired to make things and to sets off this chain reaction that is a lot of movies on this list can be traced back. You really wouldn't have thought a, like a Japanese movie set in 1586 would yeah. inspire like modern sci-fi, hey? No, yeah, and it, it's such an interesting thing. Like this, this movie came out in 1954 and it was released in America in 1956. And when it was released, so... um. It sits at 207 minutes, which is Kurosawa's longest film. It includes a five-minute musical intermission. Um, Toho... Did we all skip that, like, pretty immediately? Yeah, I, I knew it was in five minutes, so I kind of just, like, did the time scale along. I just clicked five minutes. It was pretty much ending. I was like, good. I'm I, not sitting here for five minutes <laughs> staring at the Japanese symbol for intermission. To be fair... Listening to music. It was a good spot to have it, but then, yeah. like, after, like, a minute, I was like, all right, let's just... Yeah, it's a skip ahead. Because, like... When you come back, like it goes from like super like big speech whatever yeah. to oh check out those women oh yeah yeah like, which is pretty like, <laughs> like it's it's so of, weird it's kind of funny but then yeah like a, a minute into the intermission I was like okay okay it's just okay. so um, Toho Studios the, the company behind it were worried when it came when they went to release it in the United States and they were thinking. An American audience is not going to sit through 207 minutes of a movie in Japanese. Like, yeah, there'll be, like, subtitles, but they're not going to sit there for that long. So Toho Studios removed 50 minutes of this film. Holy dooly. That's a big chunk. For its 1956 US release. It wasn't until the 1990s in the home video re- version 
that that 50 minutes was available in the United States. Hmm. So unless you had an original like film copy that you got in from Japan, then you didn't have 50 minutes of this film until it was released on home video. And this, is, this movie is actually the most successful home video release released by... Oh, it was a British company that like releases them. Yeah. But I can't remember who it was, but that was like their most successful ever home video release was this movie because so many people wanted it yeah. and wanted to see the extra 50 minutes that it was just this huge like home video release. Bloody go. Um So like with George Lucas and, and all the other Western filmmakers that were inspired by it, were they inspired by the one that was fifty minutes shorter? I, I can't tell you that. I don't know. I I mean <laughs> it's it's Unless they got the the special, I ones assume, from Japan, yeah, I assume like maybe like people like that would have like someone like George, I think, would have seen like the fifty minute shorter version. But I feel like he's someone that would have sought out the full, yeah, version. Yeah, that's true. Same as like a Quentin Tarantino, like someone like that, like people like that would seek would out have the means to do it, yeah, mm-hmm. and would have connections to get it. Yeah. Um. So another thing that Kurosawa did in order to make this feel more authentic was that it was filmed with three cameras at once. So most films you've got one camera and you do multiple takes from multiple angles to get your scene. But Kurosawa was worried that the action wouldn't be able to be replicated well between different takes. So in all the shots, they had three cameras rolling at once. What's wrong, Nick? That's he's oh. keep going. <laughs> um, We're all good. Okay, so they, yeah, they had like three cameras rolling at once. So we had one camera that was like you know, in the fixed position. They had another camera that they would move around throughout the take, and they had a third unit that was right in the middle of an action that was called, essentially like it was a, the gorilla unit. They were sitting in the middle of the action to get those ultra close-ups of what was happening in order to be able to cut between different angles for an action piece so that it... Because he didn't want it to feel jumpy thinking like the action wasn't believable when you changed your point of view on it. So there was constantly three cameras rolling for any given take of anything. And that's really... That would have been quite hard. Yeah, but I think it's a really interesting way to like make a film like it's a different you know definitely yeah so um i've got two articles here that i'm kind of just going to take a bit of things out of to talk about like the film um where are we so i guess we can talk about um Topped BBC's culture um, poll to find the 100 greatest foreign language films. But it kind of... It became this kind of cult classic outside of Japan. But it wasn't as... Like, it's such a big thing that... Like, the West talks about. It's this huge movie from Japan in the 50s that is such an influential thing. But it wasn't as successful in Japan as it was kind of... Like, what it is now... So it kind of changed that, um, yeah. So it's a th- you know it's a three and a half hour long black and white epic um, set in war torn sixteenth century Japan, like as something that you're. It's not something that you would think a Western audience would embrace. Like this is not the sort of movie that you think like it's three and a half hours. It's black and white. It is in Japanese. The pacing is really slow. Mm. A lot of it is really dated. But even now, there is such a big cult following for this film. So, um, it's labelled as the mother of all assembling the team sequences <laughs> because it goes for so long. Um, so it kind of, but there's a lot of like interesting shots that. The samurai are kind of considered this elite warrior class and you've got all these shots when they're kind of watching them walk through this other town. There's so many of them just walking back and forth with their swords draped over their shoulders and, 
you know, you go, oh, not that one, not that one, but I want that one. Because it's like, you know, and it's just interesting that like, in other films when it's like assembling the team, like you're going out and it's like, you kind of just end up at someone's house or someone's like, I need this, but like they all know each other, which in this they sort of do, but it's like, they're kind of just watching so many other ones that you could potentially be on the team just walk past and shows like how many samurai are just wandering around in 16th century Japan, which I thought was very interesting. Like, why are there so many? Like, how are there so many of them everywhere? I feel like in most assembling the team things, they're like looking for this real specific group yeah. of like crack soldiers or whatever. Whereas this, it's just they're looking for samurai that will fight just for the food and, and honor of it that are still good at fighting. So it's not so specific. Yeah. Yeah, so um, once the experienced Kambai is kind of is won over to the villagers, he's like the main samurai. Um, so once he's won over the villagers' cause, the film launches into the mother of all assembling the team sequences. Um, now, which is such like an obligatory like part of so many action and heist movies, one by one, six other ronin, which are masterless samurai, are um, persuaded to participate in a probable suicide mission that will um, bring them neither money nor fame. Um, an old war buddy of Kambai, a skilled archer, a cheerful fellow reduced to chopping wood, a master swordsman who just wants to perfect his art, an untested young samurai who is eager to prove his manhood, and finally there's Kikuchio, however you say his name, um, a half-crazed swagger who claims to be a member of the samurai class uh, almost immediately exposed as fiction, shrugging off the other's ridicule he tags along as they trek back to the village. Um, the second act shows the samurai surveying the landscape that they'll have to defend, drilling the farmers into fighting force and the young samurai's case for, um, falling in love with a village girl whose father had hidden her from the visitors Um yeah, so it's kind of said that if Westerners found Kurosawa's films so appealing, perhaps this meant they weren't as authentically Japanese as quieter offerings by others. So that's kind of like, is it? Was it his? There's a lot of like discussion about what was it his attempt at making a film that was appealing to the West, or did it just happen? Or did it just happen to be that? This big epic kind of war well, battle story just happened to be appealing to a Western audience because this movie kind of then like was very easily adaptable into like with the Magnificent Seven into a Western setting, which then the Magnificent Seven is such a massive film for like 1960, like in like America, it's such a hugely popular film, like. This great Western epic. I don't think so. Interesting. Yeah, but like it, it, you know, it. This film influenced so many more. Um, so I guess I can just go through the plot if you guys want. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to ask Cat because she doesn't know how it ends. (laughs) (laughs) I did read a couple of synopsis, but I still kind of like don't know everything. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, so I'll just, I've got like a brief summary here that I'll just go through. So, um, Bandit's discuss raiding a mountain village, but uh, but their chief decides to wait until after the harvest as they have raided it fairly recently. Um, they are overheard by a farmer whereupon the villagers ask, um, Gisaku, the village elder, and, um, the village elder and Miller for advice he states that he once saw a village that hides samurai and remained untouched by raiders and declared they should go and hire samurai to defend them since they have no money and can only offer food as payment he advises them to find hungry samurai um after having little initial success the scouting party watches Kambai, an aging but experienced ronin rescue a young boy who had been held hostage by a concern a cornered thief a young samurai named Katsushiro asked to become become Kambai's disciple. Villagers then ask for help and after initial reluctance, Kambai agrees. He recruits his old friend and um, 
the really annoying one. It's assistance, <laughs> three other samurai, the friendly um, and wily Gorebe, the good-natured Hita- Hiachi and Kayuzo, a tactician master swordsman and whom um, Katsurio regards with awe. So once... Kayuzo is my favourite. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's just so chill and he's just like, I'm just going to have a nap now. Like there's that point in the like, <laughs> later on, he's just like, you know, kills him. Like, okay, I'm going to have a little nap. I'm done cutting down enemies yeah. and stealing their guns. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a little kip. So on arrival, the samurai find the villagers cowering in their homes, refusing to greet them. Feeling insulted by such a cold reception, um, Kiku, how do you say Kik, Uchio. You can just call him the annoying one. Yeah, the annoying one. That feels just really insensitive, though. It does. It's probably a nice guy. Yeah. Um, rings the village alarm, prompting the villagers to come out of hiding and beg for protection. The samurai are both pleased and amused by this and accept him as a comrade in arms. Slowly, the samurai and farmers begin to trust each other, and as they train together, form... Um, oh. Yeah. Um, however, the six professional samurai... Uh, angered when Kichiro brings them armor and weapons, which the villagers most likely acquired by killing injured or dying samurai. Um, yeah, and then we kind of have like a, this bit of a speech, and then they're kind of like in the they're harvesting the crop, and then we get our intermission, and it's like boop, boop, doo, 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 for five minutes, and then part two begins. <laughs> So three bandit scouts are spotted, two are killed, while another reveals the location of their camp. Against the wishes of the samurai, the villagers kill the prisoner. Um, the samurai burn down the bandits' camp in a preemptive strike. Um, Rokichi, a troubled villager who helps the samurai, breaks down when he sees his wife, who had apparently been kidnapped and made a concubine in a previous raid. On seeing Rokichi, she walks back into the burning hut. That's um, where I got up to. Yeah. Hiachi is killed by musket fire trying to save Rikichi, whose grief is compounded. Um, when the bandits finally attack, they're confounded by new fortifications, including a moat and wooden fence. Several bandits are killed following Kanbai's plan to allow single horse mounted bandits to enter the village where they are trapped and killed in groups while the farmers armed with bamboo spears. That tactic of like. Like when like the bandits are charging in and one goes through, then the rest kind of sh- like mm. run out to like herd them back. Is genius once. But <laughs> did you see the guy get hit by the horse? Yeah, I did. Fuck. So like <laughs> that was real. So like the, yeah, the guy like the bandit runs in and the horse is he's alone in his town and they all kind of swarm out and like stab him to death. If you're the band and okay, in my notes, the first note I have on part in part two is bandits are dumb. Really fucking dumb. <laughs> because seriously, you get cut off. One guy runs in and you get cut off and he doesn't come back. Stop running in. Like Honestly, why don't, like, as the old man said, like, a bunch of villages got burned down, only the one with samurai didn't. Why don't they just go raid other villages? Exactly. This one's, but, like, this why, you just, why do you repeatedly just run in one at a time and keep doing that? Like, obviously, they're just picking you off. Like... Anyone, I feel like us in that situation, if one, if it happened once, you're like, oh, that's what they're doing. Let's not do that again. Like, it's fairly obvious that you're going to get killed. Like, they're picking you off into smaller groups to kill you easier because you're outnumbered. Uh, Bandits like goldfish, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the bandits, the only little smart thing they seem to do is when they do the, like, they do the fake charge and villagers come out and then they get the gun and try and shoot them from there. Yeah. So yeah, the bandits. That's about. That's about it. The bandits possess three matchlock firearms. Um, Kyozu ventures out alone and returns with one. An envious um, Kachio abandons his post and contingent of farmers to bring back another. He is chastised by Kambai because he was while he was gone. The bandits killed some of his farmers. The bandits attack again and Garabe is slain. It's really sad. Um, that night, Kimbo predicts that due to their um, dwindling numbers, the bandits will make one last all-out attack. Um, meanwhile, Kashuru and Shion- Shionos, who's the farmer's daughter, 
relationship is discovered by her father when they get on the funky times in the um in the barn in the hay. That was like the weirdest scene because she's just like, "Are we going to die? Are we going to die?" She starts like crying, and they kind of like fall into the hay, and then like you can't, you can just see like their clothing over like the, his robe over the top. Like you can't see either of their faces. Maybe that's all that happened. Maybe no, but then she's like crying, cry and then like the crying just suddenly like stops. <laughs> I like Nick's interpretation, and it like lingers a little bit on the two of them, and then it like fades out, and then it cuts to the dad looking for her. And he's like calling out a name, calling out a name, calling out a name. And he goes through like the whole town and he gets to where they are. And like the samurai's coming out and he sees him and he just drops his head like, oh shit. Like, oh my gosh, he, he saw me cry. <laughs> and then she comes out and she's like readjusting her clothes to like close over like the, like her top. And she's like adjusting herself and tying up her clothes. And she looks up and sees her father and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> she really takes a while to look at like what's in the surrounding yeah, area there. But my favourite, my favourite moment of this, because obviously like we have English subtitles, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the version that me, Nick and James has watched is all the same version. And the subtitles obviously aren't the original original subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I know where you the father, in his rage at the daughter, the subtitles say, you slut. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, there is no way that the original English subtitles in 1956 said the word slut. There's, there's also three, like, he calls her three different ones. Like, you wench, yeah. you yeah. harlot or something, yeah. and then you slut. I was like, there is no yeah, way slut. you slut like, oh, is the original translation. Much. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Maybe there's no English word for it. So yeah, I'm like, like, I don't know. But I'm like, there slut? is no way that that is... I, I just, where's my note? I wrote... Um, the translations are just great because I'm like, there's some words. I'm like, that is the modern word. Like, there was no way in 1956 in the original English translation that that is what would be said. Like, not a chance. And there was a couple of other like, little ones. I'm like, that is definitely not the original, like, what that word is. <laughs> um, Yeah, so they're discovered. And then the next morning in torrential downpour, the kind of last battle happens and then um, by the end the last three surviving samurai go like there's a funeral and then you know it ends that um that last shot of the hill with the with the katanas in the in the graves and the villager graves yeah. below them that that's a real good yeah, shot man. that's just what i want to say yeah it is and this, this movie the use of rain is also a thing that's kind of like credited to this and that whole like it inspired like things in like Lord of the Rings and like the Matrix and so many other things like oh yeah Helm's Deep yeah of adding this dramatic sense of despair with the use of rain in like a battle or something like a, a dangerous situation and like the amount of water that is there is inside like they are ankle deep in water in like this mud for most of that last battle. I'm like, that would just be the worst thing to film in. But it adds such a, like, dramatic element to that part of the film, which is such, like, an important, you know... Do you reckon they, like, had to... Like, obviously, they they had to wait for the rain, but then do you think they had to, like, have it, like, in two different lots kind of thing? I think think it was just all, like, big artificial... Oh, yeah. Like, hoses, and they just flooded it. (laughs) They would have just built some pretty wide ones, though, so they must have, must have been using a lot. I mean, you can make it look like raining far away in a camera if the rain's right in front of the camera. You can make it look like the whole thing is, especially in black True. and white with things like that. Like it, because the resolution isn't quite there, that you can make it look like the whole thing's raining where it's kind of like just the front bit where the actors are is raining. Uh, I forget movies aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> what? So this whole time? my favorite, th- one of my favorite things in this is like, obviously like costume design is fantastic, but the very obvious line of the samurai's bald caps, <laughs> like the bald caps, like it's very obvious that there is hair underneath. And cause like, yeah, even if it's in black and white, you can tell that the bald cap is a different, completely different skin tone to the rest of their bodies. And all the samurai have the same skin tone on their bald cap. Cause they've always essentially got the same bald cap on. <laughs> And it was, it was like my first note for like, it was bald caps. And then 
samurai swagger because they just walk around like like the maddest, coolest dudes when it's like that scenes of them just walking through the town. They're just like, their shoulders going back and forth. They're just strutting through the town, sword over their shoulders. It's like, look at me, I'm a samurai. I'm the coolest dude here. Like, I just thought it was so funny that is the way they were Apart walking around. all the other samurai around me. Yeah, it was like, look at me, I'm cool. I'm a samurai. Give me some money and I'll kill someone for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With the bald thing, was that like, does anyone know if that's just like a... 1500s Japanese thing that like everyone has to shave the top part of their head don't is it so they don't get grabbed I don't know like well like all the farmers as well because some of them have like maybe it's genetic yeah but some of them have ponytails at the back so it's not really to stop you getting grabbed because you've still got a ponytail I guess but like the hair starts at the front I know it's so weird and they've shaved a massive bald I don't know I was like is that yeah maybe um like that's one of my first notes. It's, it just says they they're all bald question mark. Yeah. Um, the soundscape in this at times is really weird. Like early mm. on, there's just this bird chirping, and it's a very off-putting kind of because it's not a background noise. Like it's a really loud chirp, but there's no bird on screen. Like for the whole thing, you never see a bird, but it sounds like there's a bird sitting right next to like the camera. I was like, why is this here? Why why is there a really loud bird chirping when we're inside a building? Like what is what is the cause of this bird chirp? And it happened like later on, like at the night like the night before the final battle, there was like an owl noise. Like it made sense that yeah, there's an owl like in the tree in the village somewhere. But it was just really loud. And when you changed in different points in the town, the level of volume like of the owl didn't change. Yeah. So I was like how big are we, like how big is this owl and like are we are we the owl like <laughs> what is honest, happening honest, didn't notice any of yeah um another note i wrote down was a lot of shots could be removed that's pretty standard for but yeah. no but like there are so many shots in this where it's just like villager 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 mm. villager 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 and it's like 20 different reaction shots to something and it goes for like 40 seconds yeah and then the next bit of action happens and it's like one reaction shot or two is fine. Cut 30 seconds out right there. Yeah. And you're doing that a couple of times in like a few minutes. Like you, you're cutting out, you know, 50 minutes worth of the movie. Because I feel like that's all that was removed for that American version was just the extra shots. I feel yeah. like there's like no dialogue was cut out. I think I, I watched I watched the first maybe half hour of this at like one and a half speed just to like, you know, because it was like 10 o'clock. And yeah. Uh, but like, and those shots, like at one half speed, paced pretty yeah, well. It's like, so it was slow. <laughs> the only time I noticed it was on one and a half speed was when they'd be like, oh my God, there's danger over there. And it'd go, step, 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 step. yeah, when they start walking. Like, this has to be really fast. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I've got to like change this back yeah. to normal. Um, the acting in it is obviously very different to what we're used to. And obviously that it was almost 70 years ago. But a lot of it is of that time, and I, I could compare it really well to when we did Twelve Angry Men. It's just a lot of yelling at camera. Mm. There is so much of just people yelling, but then there's yelling and manic laughter, and it's like, and I, I was writing down, why is everybody in this movie completely insane? Because almost every character has just lost the plot. Like, everyone's just yelling at each other. People are screaming and crying, like, really over the top and chasing each other and just screaming. And it's like, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? Like, everyone just take a deep breath and just chill. (laughs) Just have a conversation. You don't have to yell at each other. They didn't have that in the 1500s. It was all just fighting and It was just yelling. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I feel like the the samurai at least were pretty were mostly pretty chill, other than Kikuchio. Like the villagers yell yeah. at random shit, and and he yells at every everything he gets the chance to, just everything. But the other the other six are pretty chill, right? They're still a bit crazy. Like even the main one, like Kenbai, has that weird laugh all the time. He just has that big smile, he's like ha 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 ha, and it's like that's true. It's very are you okay, mate? <laughs> It's like if I saw a person do that in real life, I'd think I was about to get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> like it was genuinely terrifying. I was like, oh, I'm going to die. 
Um, I've written, fuck that guy. I don't know what guy anymore. That was at like <laughs> 10 o'clock last night. Can I, I guess? <laughs> I've written, oh, fuck that guy. It, in part two. Manzo? No, so I've written, bandits are dumb. Town folk are dumb. Fuck that guy. Why is everyone insane? They're very cohesive notes. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it would have yeah. been the dad. Yeah, I'm trying to line up the sequence of events because the dad was a bit of a fuck. It would have been the dad because yeah. he starts beating the shit out of the daughter. Oh, yeah. It said something about damaged yeah. goods. I was yeah. like, oh. When he starts <laughs> calling her a slut and stuff. Yeah, that, that is why I wrote fuck that guy. Um, I've also... I, I like that we're, we're kind of like having a modern approach. Like, man, that's so not progressive. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this guy in the 1500s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck this 16th century father that's angry that his, woman, his daughter... Trying to control his, 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 his daughter, something sl- daughter. What was that, James? Sorry. How could he? I said, trying to control his 20-something daughter, how could yeah. he? How dare he get angry at his daughter in the 16th century that she slept with a man out of wedlock? Because, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I also wrote, on. I also wrote, stabby, stabby, bye-bye bandits. Because every time a bandit got killed, there was this like 20 bamboo spears impaling him. And I was like, that is a terrible way to die. Some of the noises they made when they got yeah. stabbed. Oof. It's just like, it was just like brutal. Like they'd run into the horse. And it was a stab, 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 stab. Yeah, well, you, like, oh. you can't fake that in the 50s. They, they, yeah, they a lot champions. of people were killed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that guy that got hit by the horse. Oh. <laughs> it was fine. That's so bad. Because <laughs> obviously like all these like stunts are just done. And yeah, like Nick obviously saw it do like the horse is running through and this dude just bounces off the horse. Like one of like the, like essentially the extras really. And he's yeah. just, fuck that would have hurt. <laughs> Yeah, and that was like, I was kind of losing interest at that yeah. point too. I was sitting there, I was and like, the the, oh, oh yeah. my God, that was real. <laughs> that was real. That guy just got it. There like, was no padding there. Oh God, no, he just oh. got <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, ow. Maybe I should finish this movie. It sounds just entertaining. Just the getting hit by the horse. The final like, battle sequence kind of, kind of just like intensifies a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just random stunts start happening. You're like, that yeah. guy just got fucked up for real. Like, yeah. Like by the time we got to that final battle, like I looked at the like time code and I was like, Oh, this could be pretty quick. Yeah. Like, it's like 15 yeah, minutes same. to go. And I'm like, it's still nighttime. They have to fight people like in yeah. the morning. There's not, I'm like, how has it taken two hours and like 15 minutes to get to here? And you're going to rush the battle. Like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, but sorry to correct you there, Jacob, but it took three hours and ten minutes to get to the final battle because it's literally <laughs> yeah, true, in the yeah, last sorry, th- fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Um, there's a random wipe transition, isn't there? A bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. Like it just random. It's just like, what? It was just kind of like, what? Why? Why? What? Bit out of because place. he knew George Lucas would want them in. Yeah, style like <laughs> style. Um. Yeah. Well, I've also wrote so much can be cut out after saying there's a lot of shots could be removed. Um, why is everyone dumb, especially the bandits? Town fight scene. So there's a moment when they're in the town and there's like a barricade and they keep running towards it. And they're like, oh no, the barricade and run back and one gets killed. And the others like turn around, the horses go back to the barricade. Oh no, we can't get through. And they kept just running backwards and forwards and getting picked off one yeah. at a time, like inside the town. And I'm like, what are you doing? Stop running that way. Just you're on a horse. Just run through them. Like it was just like why you, like the bandits just kept doing things that made no, it was only sense that it made it easier for the villagers to kill them one at a time and make it more. Yeah, bo- the running back and forth on the horses was. Weird. Yeah, they just kept running back and forth, and it looks like it was the same shot like every time. And yeah. I was like, why? Why do you keep doing it? Stop running there! Like, what are you doing? Like, please stop. <laughs> Just jump or jump over it because it's like a foot high. <laughs> um, Jacob, in 1500s, horses couldn't jump. Sorry, it's a it's a well. That was invented fact. in Europe for like show jumping. I'm so I'm, exactly. <laughs> I, I apologize. That was much much later. <laughs> my, my 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 humblest apologies, James. I am so sorry. Um. So let's go down to that one. didn't go where I wanted it to. Um, so I guess that's kind of it on plot. While you're finding your thing, can I just ask, yes. 
Um, you guys know the the villager that he had his like his wife like was in the bandit camp or whatever. Yep. Does that like is it implied that he was like abusive and that's why she'd rather die than go back to I it? Have, or... I don't know. Because she, she just like she just kills herself when she sees him. She's like, it's oh. like. I think maybe it was the fact that like rough. she was still alive and she'd become like one of them. Well, did she become like she'd been sleeping with the bandits that? Maybe she was so ashamed that she saw him that she uh, was like, I can't go... Like, she's... That's what that's kind of how I took it as. Yeah. Mm. Like, she was that's so ashamed point. that she was still there and, like, he'd found that she's, like... She was too ashamed and kind of broken to go back to him. Mm. That makes a lot of oh, sense. Once again, I'm forgetting it's not 2020 progressive uh, yeah. ideas <laughs> of, of sexual liberty. Um... Someone just had a drink of water, didn't they? Yeah. Let's fill the silence, guys. Can I just say, yeah. some of the shots in this are, like, particularly nice. Yeah. Like, for black and white 50s, that shot of one of the guys lying in that the field of flowers and it's just, like, a frame of his face is really pretty and really... I don't know, aesthetically pleasing to look at. <laughs> so the cinematography was by Asa- Asahazu Nakahi, who was career started in 1933, was his first film, and ended in 1985. Holy dooly. So he spent 52 years as a cinematographer in Japanese film. So it was about 20 years into his career when he did this. Mm. Um. So the Seven Samurai's um, been approached as a historical film. Its story is set in the late um, Sengoku period rather than the Takawaha era, more typical for samurai films. Um, the Sengoku Jedi, that word might sound similar to something else being Jedi, um, or um, Warring States period, was exceptionally turbulent time and uncertainty in Japan as near constant military conflict shook the country for nearly one and a half centuries. Um, it's not entirely historically accurate. Um, so dug in, like the writers dug into historical documents and used some of what they found to construct the story, characters and other narrative details. The point is the... Um, who's this? Which one's this article? I'll I'll link all the articles below, but this, oh, but the article I'm reading now, which is on akirakasawa.info, um, this guy kind of goes through the whole um film, and now I've just lost my mop. There it is. Um, yeah, so they dug into historical documents and used some of what they found in construct story characters and other narrative details. Um, Feel that the film's reality effect cannot be equated to its historical accuracy instead of substantializing, sub, sorry, substantializing the historical past represented in the film um, to locate exactly where the film's overwhelming sense of reality comes from. And according to Yoshimoto, the source of this sense of reality, like the writer, um, is not historical detail but much rather a work of fiction and fantasy within a historical context that makes sense mm. so it's not quite a historical accurate representation of the era but it's kind of a fan what, a dramatization of it. yeah yeah exactly like yeah you can see there's a dramatization of this era like the, the era of history like things are historically accurate but there are things that there is creative liberties taken you get that a lot with that creative uh creative yeah. um like uh like classical kind of dramas i guess like i mean the great on stan for instance is based in a time period in russia where some things are culturally correct but it's also a like black comedy which would not be the norm in that kind of society at that time yeah so kind of like this article goes on to say like whatever it's historical accuracy the world depicted in seven samurai is changing um, many writers have picked on the th- 
picked on this theme that the real theme of the film is the passing away of the samurai class and the values by which Japan has lived and which it is unable to maintain in the days ahead. The most striking indication of this is the way in which all of the samurai who die in the film are killed by gunfire. So these men who have, prote- who have perfected their skills with the traditional weapons of choice, the sword, bow or the spear, fall down helpless when faced with these foreign inventions um, in front of the arquebus introduced to Japan in the mid-1500s by the Portuguese, the samurai truly become equal to the peasants. So it kind of represents the dyingness of the samurai class because obviously they are traditionalists and every single one of them in this film is killed by a gun. Because how do you... Yeah, I had not picked that up at all. How do you defend yourself on something that can shoot you from, you know, a distance away? You can't get close enough to stab someone at that and you can fire a gun faster than you can fire an arrow. I mean, well... If you're only firing one, I feel like you could fire multiple arrows quicker than someone could reload yeah. a gun. But yeah, um, yeah, it kind of like represents that dyingness of yeah. Um, so that's all my notes. Well done. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, does anyone have anything they would like to add on Seven Samurai? I hope that guy that got hit by the horse oh, no. is okay. Oh, I reckon hey, <laughs> something's broken for sure. Oh. Ah oh, well, I just I just like to echo your sentiments. Bandits dumb, villagers dumb. And why is everyone insane? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that. So, Nicholas, yes, would you Jacob. watch this film again? <laughs> no. Nick, Nick looks very like deep in thought. Everybody, I don't. I don't really have to. No, probably not. No, like, uh, or I could just watch Magnus. Magnificent, Magnificent Seven, seven or And feel like you're watching the same film But it's just shorter Yeah <laughs> And in colour And English Yeah it's not that Like <laughs> I, you know, It probably is the length like, Length yeah. And that I don't mind subtitles But the version we watched The subtitles happened Before the words yeah. were said And it was really off-putting Yeah I really, <laughs> It was like Subtitle And you've read it And then they say it And I was like Oh I re- It really Like I realise how much time I waste and how much time I don't have when I sit down to watch movies like this. Oh, I'm like, oh, fuck. I know. I just wanted to go to sleep. Um, Kat, would you watch this again considering you never finished it the first time you watched it? I think I might finish it, but then I don't think I'd watch it again. Fair enough. Um, James? Uh, no, I wouldn't watch again. Primarily, as you said, due to the length. I think if it was like just two and a bit, maybe but then also like a lot of a lot of my and probably you guys too appreciation of it is you know it was it's an early pioneering film what it does for a black and white 1950s film is very good but that doesn't give it a lot of re-watchability for me so no i wouldn't yeah no i agree yeah um i think i'm the same like lengthwise it's it's a lot to watch I think, yes, at some point in the future, I'll watch it again. But I wish I had done how... I was originally going to watch part one on Saturday night and part two on Sunday night. But on Saturday night, I just went to sleep boy. after work <laughs> and I just couldn't... Like, I didn't get home till like, 11 o'clock. And I just was like, no, nah, I'm not watching part one now. I'm going to bed. But I think if I have, if and when I watch it again, it will be, like, split over two nights or, like... Yeah. two viewing sessions of part one then part two because then you kind of do like an hour and a bit or an hour and a half-ish each time rather than three and a half hours all at once yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a bit of a slog yeah, it's a long time like this is like what, the slog? second yeah. this, apart from the Lord of the Rings <laughs> this oh, is God, the buddy, that's a, those are a bloody slog let like, me yeah, tell you but like, a, but like <laughs> at least they're like paced a lot quicker yeah but apart from Lord of the Rings this is like easily like the longest yeah. we've done mm-hmm and and we have I'm I noticed that we had another movie by the same writer director, and I'm very glad you said this was his longest movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, which one's that? Akuru. Rashomon. Yeah. Anyway, um, there is another one of his movies on, I want to watch. So hopefully, yes. Yeah, I forget what it is. Anyway, there's two more Japanese ones we've got left on the list. Okay. I think it's the same cinematographer for all three, but I think the other one of the other two is a different director. 
Anyway, mm. so we can we sh- I guess we'll move along to what we've been watching and what we're excited for. Woo. Okay. Um, season two of Criminal on Netflix came out. Oh, so good. So good. It's like the okay. So Criminal is like for anyone that hasn't seen it, and like everyone should go and watch it. It is a show that is essentially set in an interrogation room at Scotland Yard. Well, Criminal UK is set Scotland Yard, and it's like this high-tech interrogation room, and there's like, essentially, it's just a police in, like interview, but there's like an observation room to the side where like the rest of like the police unit that's there is kind of like observing, and it just goes to like it's really like this interviews about like a crime, like the first one like it's, there's like a witness, and then you know, but it's always this one big interview, and the second episode has Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones in it, and he is like the opening of that thing he does put like a three minute monologue like to camera it's and so it's just good. so good it's so good like that monologue he does is just like unbroken I I assumed he was probably reading off a teleprompter because he's looking pretty much directly at camera the ho- most of the time and it goes for so long and it's like an unbroken take so I'm like he, yeah like credit to him because he does it so well but I recommend everyone watch because I think in season one... But even, one, like, the first season has David Tennant and yeah. Hayley Atwell in it. Yeah. Like, they're all... Like, the cast is just, like, high-caliber British actors. And then the last episode, like, the episode four of season two, the guy that's being interviewed is Raj from The Big Bang Theory mm. in a very serious... Like, he is so good in that. Like, it's such a good... He's excellent. I actually want to see that. That'd yeah, it's, it's amazing. But... What, what, what was it's called? Project? Criminal. And there's criminal. also a German criminal. and French yeah. and Spanish version, which are all excellent as well. Yeah, so there's four episodes, four of each of those in the season one thing for Netflix. Oh, yeah. Season one's three, season two's four. Easy. They, yeah, yeah it's so, so good. It's highly recommended for everyone. Like, me and Luce watched two the other night. And, like, she was hooked. She, like, the next day watched all of season one and the rest of season two when she was at home. She just, like, went and finished it. Oh, God. I'm looking at it now. There's Criminal UK, Criminal Germany, Criminal France, Criminal Spain. The Spanish, German, and French ones are in, like, obviously those languages with English subtitles. (laughs) I'm not. The German one's in English. Is uh, Is it? In German, sorry. It is is in German. German. Oh, yeah, in German. Yeah, so they're all in, yeah. But I think I tried to watch the... first episode of the Spanish one and it wasn't the same because I kind of like reading the subtitles like I have nothing against it but it just doesn't add like the dramatic elements in the UK version because you obviously we know English like the, the beats and stuff and the way things are said really adds to it mm. and like the like kind of the tones that people use and stuff like that whereas when you're watching the other versions in a different language reading the subtitles it just doesn't have the same dramatic effect because you're not hearing like quite the tone and how people are saying things. That's a that's actually a good point. We should have probably mentioned for Seven Samurai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, you don't pick up tone. You kind of everything in your brain is just you're just reading a sentence. Like there's no tone or emotion or anything because you're just reading like the you, words and you're not really kind of. You can get really exaggerated emotion if they're like yelling. Or yeah, whatever, you kind of just like reading it in that's a about it. monotone in your head. Yeah, like, but I highly recommend Criminal like UK to everybody because it's just fucking unreal. So that's what I watched. Nice. Yeah. Um, I also watched that. Yeah, Cat also watched um, that. Oh, <laughs> were you done, you Jacob? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Cat, okay. you can go. <laughs> we shared a common thing, so you can just continue. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I watched Criminal UK, and um, Lockie and I watched The Martian. Which is just yes, like good movie. such a good movie. I've seen it so Favorite many times. Movie. I've read the book so many times. It's just so good. Um, and what else did Love I watch? Boy, Actually, I didn't watch anything else. I restarted Animal Crossing because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I um, started a new book, just one of um, Patty Smith's books. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, and that's it Hell for yeah. me. James? Um, I watched Going in Style last night. Interesting. Um, which, yeah, just, just was a random thing. Like, what is that? Is that? that? Is that the... like, oh, I want to see this. And 
like as I was doing, I'm like these like these guys. I, I knew they were getting old, but like then I looked up and like Michael Caine is 87. Who is Michael Caine? Hell, 87. And Morgan Freeman's 85. <laughs> and I'm like these like so it was like done three years ago. So they're like mid 80s and and low 80s. But I'm like these guys still could easily pass for like. Late sixties, early seventies. I'm sick of working now. My, Michael Caine <laughs> could not pass for late sixties. He looks old. Okay, he, he does. He, like that, that, that's fair, but like he's still going strong. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I um Something I did Hollywood enjoy it. Water. It was it was real silly, and I liked that the the message was crime has no consequences because <laughs> no one had any consequences. <laughs> but it was it was it was fun. I appreciated that it was not three and a half hours after watching Seven Samurai. <laughs> fair, very fair. That's that's about it for me. Nice. Is that it, James? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I had a pretty big week. I played. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I played Uncharted three and four because I played the first two when I got my PS4 years ago, and the others have just been sitting on my shelf. Gathering dust, they're really fun. I like them a lot. So, I think three was the last one I ever played, and it was still pretty good. Three is which a- one's the one that you can like swim with sharks and they eat. What? In one of them, there's like you can swim. I don't remember. That's probably that might be in one of it's the like f- open worldy sort ofness. That might be in one of the first two because I don't. Pretty sure it was Uncharted, that. and then uh, my yeah. mate was playing it once. And I, got it, I, got I don't it think shark. Uncharted's not especially open world. No, but like he was like on something like, between I don't know, and there's, there's just a, a shark. There's a pretty interesting op- like kind of open worldish stuff in four, like kind of like The Last of Us two, but um, it's like just grab them. Like if you like, I assume no one here can get a PS five. Till like February now, so Not if you're that. if you're gonna get one, you can't. They're like I think it's like twenty five bucks for like the first three, and then the same price for the fourth. They're like really well made and are very cheap. So be a little Indiana Jones guy for a bit. <laughs> um, I also watched the first couple episodes of a doco called McMillions. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah, it's. It's, you can only get it on binge because our country's terrible. No, I think it was on Foxtel. It's Foxtel. Yes, it's, it's I, can Foxtel watch, I can watch it on Foxtel. But I don't want to give Rupert Murdoch more of my money than my dad what does, I already so it's am. Okay, mm. It's not my money. Yes, yeah. But um, for yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's uh, it's it covers an FBI investigation in the early two thousands trying to hunt down a guy who has rigged the Macca's Monopoly game to, like, give his friends stickers. Um, I haven't gotten to the episode where you find out who the guy is yet, but it's really, like, I don't know. I'm, like, kind of I'm drawn in, like, immediately. So that I think sounds really like, interesting. It is. I don't know whether it's because, like, the Macca's Monopoly is out now and that's made me want to watch it, but it's... <laughs> But, um, it, like, they, they've kind of, I don't know if this works now, but back in the day, you couldn't, like, you could just go to Macca's and ask for those tokens, and they'd have to give them to you. Otherwise, it's gambling. Also, if you went and asked for them, they'd just give them you one. Yeah, like, you, you don't, apparently, well, th- this is in America, like, 20 years ago, but apparently, you don't have to... Buy an item. You don't legally have to buy anything at Macca's to... Get a token. Get a token. Yeah, right. So someone try that. You can try it, Nick. <laughs> I haven't been to Maccas in a while, so... I'm, I'm go, go, go get a heap of them off Toronto Mac. Yeah. Toronto Maccas. I'll get robbed. Get stabbed by a staff member. <laughs> a staff member. <laughs> um, <laughs> I watched something else, but I forget what it was. Um, yeah, don't know. Alrighty. Well, on that note... Does anyone have anything else to uh, throw in on this segment? Oh, all? actually, I watched yep. um, uh, The Social Dilemma, Nick. Oh, yeah, you did? And? Yeah. Um, it was really good. It was like I knew to some extent how much of our like online presence was monitored, but also some of the stuff was just really scary. And yeah, I think, a bit- like, I mean, I'm not going to delete 
Facebook or Instagram because they're like the only social media things that I have. But it's definitely made me a lot more mindful of spending time on them and giving yeah. my time to them. Yeah, and like what mm. you see. This is why I watched McMillions and not this because I didn't yeah. have a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it and I was like, nah, <laughs> not yeah. today. It's a bit scary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it scary. Is. Yeah, oh well. Um, so I guess I'll wrap us up. Yep. Right, well, you can reach out. <laughs> Where can they find us? Yeah, they so can you find can us on <laughs> social medias, on the Instagram <laughs> and the Facebooks, like Kat just said, um, at Watch Again Podcast, or you can email us at watchagainpod at gmail.com. You know that email address that Google owns, so they know all of our information. So, um, you know, send something through about stuff, you know, your thoughts on Seven Samurai and. So your thoughts actually no I have a question let us know what you think about reading subtitles and the like effect that it has on like tones and the and themes in the film like do you think that you get the full understanding of so, like what the actor's trying to convey when you're reading the subtitles or does it kind of dull the dramatization of everything because you're reading it not listening to the tones and stuff that they put into it that's what I want to know. Send an email, please. I want answers. Yeah. Thank you. Um, otherwise, we will catch you guys next week. As always, I am Jacob. And with me are... I'm Nick. I'm Kat. And I'm James. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.